Hey friends, you're listening to the None But Curious podcast, a space for nuns, agnostics, and nothing in particulars. We are okay with not knowing, and we're inspired by each other, art, nature, and everyday moments. I'm really happy you're here. Let's go explore. I was thinking about what I was going to record for the past couple of weeks. I'm going to be honest with you. I I think I'm in burnout. I feel like my brain is mush. I am confusing what day it is. I am mixing up so many things. And I think it's been because I have been just nonstop. Go, 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 go. For the past year, maybe two, maybe three. You know, I have a two and a half year old. And right after he was born, I finished, or right around the time he was born, I finished my master's degree in metaphysical science. And then I sat here and I think, you know, my postpartum depression got the best of me and I needed to feel a purpose. So I went back to school again. And now I will have my associate's degree in communication. Why? Why? There are so many things to unpack. And so I feel like today, because we're coming on the holiday season where a lot more people are going to feel burned out, I think we need to talk about it. Um, Burnout is real. I have friends who are um, social workers. I have friends who, who just are teachers, who people who deal with people. I, I, spend a lot of time with people who deal with people, nurses and what have you. And not to mention mothers and fathers, like parenting is hard and you don't get a break from it. You just don't. So burnout, let's, let's break it down. Um, Serendipitously, I found a book at the library probably about a month ago that's been sitting on my shelf waiting to be read. It's called From Burned Out to Beloved, Soul Care for Wounded Healers by Bethany Dearborn Heiser. And I'm going to refer to this book because I did read it. Um, there is a lot of scripture in this book. There is a lot of reference to Jesus and God. And I'm okay with that. It's not, it's not who I am, but I understand where people are coming from when they give things to God. And quite frankly, I'm kind of envious because I don't know who to give my stuff to. I just don't know. I never have known. And I I think for that reason, I've always been a a little envious of people who have a deep faith, even if they are religious, they just have this really deep faith. Meanwhile, I'm over here in my corner like, I'm going to question everything. (laughs) Just like that. All right. So let's get into burnout. That's why we're here. One of the phrases that was in her book um, that stood out to me is, I live knowing I am loved instead of striving to be loved. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I probably could have saved a year or two of therapy for that. I live knowing I am loved instead of striving to be loved. I feel like my whole life up until about a year and a half ago, I've always been pursuing activities or things, 
having nice materialistic things in my house, trying to be something, striving to be a version of myself that I think that people would love. And not being inauthentic. That's not what I mean. There's there's a difference. I wasn't being somebody I wasn't. But I think my decision making was affected by will people perceive me as being lovable? Not popular, not beautiful, lovable. So just sit with that. I live knowing I am loved instead of striving to be loved. And see how that gets you feeling. Burnout is emotional exhaustion and depletion. I'm there. It's a response to constantly dealing with other humans, especially when they're having problems. I have two teenagers and a toddler. My children are always having problems. This is also known as compassion fatigue, and it affects our ability to do our work, think critically, and maintain boundaries. Basically, you're a hot mess. I'm a hot mess. And so for the longest time, I thought of my own needs and desires as being weak or needy, and then I'd consider the needs of many other people as valid. So over time, I've learned to deny my needs, and I feel what I want or need doesn't really matter. I've gotten better at it, but I'm still there. Another quote in Heiser's book is, Our desolation affects each other, and so can our consolation. Woo! Some good gems in this book. Our desolation affects each other, and so can our consolation. So basically, I need to take care of me to better take care of others. That's a really hard pill to swallow. A a really hard pill to swallow. Even if I came from the best childhood and the best background, it's still hard for me to put me first. I don't know what that's like. So the belief that we are not deserving of care is one obstacle to caring for ourselves. Being unworthy is a concept or a story that we tell ourselves about who we are. Is it a true belief or a false belief? Am I really unworthy? Regardless of what we do or how society views us, we thrive best when we know that we are appreciated. Oh, what a phrase. I just want to be appreciated. So here are some examples of other common false beliefs as listed in Heiser's book. If I perform well enough, I can change things. If I let go of control, something bad will happen. If something's wrong or someone is treating me poorly, even abusively. It's my fault. Others' feelings are more important than mine. I was created to help others because I can help, so I should help. My needs are secondary to those of others. If I say no, I'll be rejected, let someone down, or possibly worse. I have value only when I am needed. See, that's my false belief. I have value only when I am needed. Recognizing false beliefs is crucial to healing. First, we have to admit to ourselves that we've rejected ourselves. and Then we can begin the journey to loving ourselves for who we are. So how do we do that? Well, we reflect on the false belief that we have. So I have value only when I am needed is a false belief that I'm still working on. So I'm going to ask myself, how does this affect me physically? How does the belief result in stress? How does it affect my body? 
What do I tell myself to keep believing this false belief? And what is the perceived benefit that I receive from believing this thing? How does this belief make me act and feel? How does it protect me? How does it affect my relationship with others? And how does it affect the way I act? Or how does it affect my responses toward others? When you reflect on these false beliefs, you start start seeing how it's affecting the world around you. And then we go back to desolation, consolation. I have to fix myself in order to be better for others. I have to take care of myself, not necessarily fix myself. Maybe that's a bad phrase. And see, I'm still working on negative terminology in my own brain when I'm talking. But if I take care of myself first, I'm better for others. I'm better socially. I respond better to stress. My body's a lot more relaxed. I don't feel like I'm in pain, which would add to the stress. And that's a domino effect. So reflect on your false belief. You're not going to like what you find, but it will give you keys to how you can heal yourself. Practicing self-empathy and compassion is common in resilience and self-care work. We listen to what's going on inside us and we focus on being present. So try checking in with yourself as if you're a toddler. Um, your tone of voice seems a little snippy. What's going on? Have you eaten lately? Do you need some water? I know it's okay to be frustrated, but let's find a different way to express it. How about a three minute dance party? Yeah. See that just those little words of kindness help change the perspective. It helps readjust. We recalibrate just a little bit of empathy and kindness towards ourselves can make a world of difference. So honestly, I tend to avoid support because I don't like feeling dependent on other people. In past relationships and friendships, I would rather consistently not get the help I needed when asked. That's awful. <laughs> and other reasons I suck at asking for help are that it takes too much energy, energy to explain what I need. So might as well do it myself. And honestly, I hate being disappointed when people don't follow through. I, that. It just rubs me the wrong way. But the thing is, I can't do everything alone. None of us can. Each of us needs help and support. We're limited in ways that other people aren't. And personally, I have to remember that every time I say yes to something, I say no to something else. And usually that no to something else is something that I need or want. That's not cool. So how do we change this? You simply ask yourself, what will happen if you do change? Walk through it, work it out. And then ask yourself, what will happen if you don't change? And then compare the two. You're essentially making a pros and cons list. Really consider it. Likely, you're going to be okay if you say no. The other question you need to ask yourself is, what does slowing down look like for you? So in one of my meditations about a week ago, I, I kept hearing the word rest. Rest kept coming up. Rest kept coming up in my tarot card readings. And I was getting really frustrated because I don't like to slow down. I am a hummingbird. Flitter, 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 flitter. So ask, ask yourself, what does slowing down look like for you? 
So slowing down for me means that I get time to declutter my house. I get time to put things where they belong, clean the walls. We've lived here three years and I haven't cleaned my walls. And I know that sounds silly, but it's something that's important to me. It's relaxing. I can smell the difference in the air. I can feel the difference of the energy. And I haven't had time to do that because I've been doing a hundred other things that I put on my plate. So what does slowing down look like for you? Do you need to take a nap? Should you take a break? Okay, so you're going to hear it in my voice. I just had to stop recording because my toddler who will watch TV on YouTube or PBS, what have you, I can sit him down for like 45 minutes usually and he's occupied. And then I go to do a 10, 15 minute recording and he's upstairs screaming. So now you can hear it. Let me check in. What do I need? I need uninterrupted time. I need to know that there are people out there that understand what it's like to not have five minutes uninterrupted. I need to know that this is a season and it will pass. It's really hard when you're burned out, though. It, and that's the thing is that I, you know, I'm, I'm reading these books and I'm, I'm talking to you. And it's hard to put it in practice and to integrate it. So oddly enough, what I was about to say before I got interrupted by my lovely little guy was sometimes it helps to develop and integrate a daily practice. Just something small. It can't be big, especially if you are working on a lot of different projects and you're going to school or you just start stopped school and you're a parent and you have multiple children and, 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 and you're married, right? Or you're in a relationship. There's all these hats that you're wearing. How do you do it? Here's how. Take three minutes. Give yourself three minutes. And I, <laughs> I'm holding up my three fingers as if you were a toddler. You can't see me. Three minutes is all you need. Maybe five, but just start out with three. Everybody has three minutes to spare. Wash your hands and then put some really nice lotion on and just rub out the tension of your hands, especially if you work with your hands or do computer work. Find a way to be kind to yourself. Make yourself a cup of tea. What is your ritual that you can't live without? Just a tiny little thing. For me, for now, it has been when I get up, it's usually at six o'clock in the morning, I go downstairs and I make myself one cup of coffee and I add a little bit of honey. And I stand in front of the coffee maker and I listen to the sounds of the coffee machine and that is my meditation for the morning. That's all I have. That's all the time I have. But I have to have it. Otherwise... I feel a hot mess. Hey, thanks for listening. Let's keep this conversation going. Share your stories with our None But Curious Facebook group, or you can also follow our Instagram at None But Curious, or email candy at nonebutcurious.org if you want to share your ideas and thoughts. Until next time, stay curious.